0: all right welcome back to episode 13 of the 20 pages book club today's episode we have a jam packed episode which a bunch of stuff to go over Um, so this episode we go through a quick weekend recap then we finish off our fourth book with the old greed we give our scores uh see where it ranks with our other books that we've read thus far and then we go into a trivia battle on the sign christian is our host known world war ii expert christian erickson on the ones and twos so we'll see all us dummies can face off against Tyler, um, and then I will present our next book. So, looking forward to another great episode. Let's go! All oh. right, welcome back. It's episode thirteen. Like I mentioned earlier, jam-packed episode. So why
1: don't we just get right into it once to leave us off? how was everyone's weekend. Uh I'll start. You gotta I mean, pose. You gotta pose at someone, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Otherwise they all just look at each other. Me and me, Tell me. Tell me.
0: Tell me. <laughs> they wanted to
1: talk. Me and Christian hosted some people at the apartment last night. Uh it was you know, it was fun. We went out last night. That about it. I bought a new book bookcase for all of my books. It's off camera. Uh, it's already full, so I'm gonna have to buy another one. So, too much reading. Uh, Last night, uh, took a lot. Nice walk down Lakeshore Drive today. Uh, you know, that's that's about it. Uh, Kevin.
2: Yeah, uh, had an eventful weekend. I Friday I didn't really do a whole lot. I had soccer practice. Played nine holes of golf and played a speed round right before sunset. Played in an, under an hour. Got in nine holes. Uh my roommate actually birdied one of the holes and we finished the hole in like four minutes on a par four, which was that was electric. And then Saturday went tubing again, this time without Jared and Christian. Um my wrist is now bare. Lost my lost my apple watch, so uh Oh no. Yeah. That's tragic. I uh smacked my arm and he his finger got caught. We saw the apple watch fall in the water and it was slowly going down and I had a lot of a lot of alcohol on me, and I was swiping at it, and I just kept missing. And <laughs> it was just was it
0: in a, a shallow point? point.
2: No, it was in one of the deepest parts. Like our feet could barely touch the bottom with our heads above water. It was just tragic. Yeah. Reparations so, for the anchor. Yeah. So that watch is gone forever. So, so look into the... in, in, in... Um And then today. My my buddy's next-door neighbor, he does, like, smoked meat competitions. And so <laughs> so he cooks, like, this these insane meats. And he, he hit us up. We're actually – he's smoking us a gator in, like, a month or two. But he just did his ribs, and he wanted us – he gave us a taste test. So he brought over three separate trays of ribs with different sauces on them. And he does, like – he has a competition next weekend. So he's like, I want to get your guys' opinions on this. They're, they're pretty – all three of them are pretty good. It was hard to say it's
3: that. A good to have. Yeah. Reminds so. me of uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Like I saw a video, and someone asked him like his hobbies, and it's just like jujitsu and smoking meats. Yeah.
0: Funny you said I watched the Social Network last night.
3: Yeah. Classic. Yes. A great movie. Go ahead, Jared. Listen.
2: What else? Lead into it. Yeah, I guess I'll segue it. Uh, what did I do this weekend? I uh, went
0: out on Friday. Uh, There's a new tequila spot that opened so went over there kind of overpriced so definitely <coughs> probably going back there but uh wanted to try it out and then today or yesterday pretty low-key watched some college football um did some other stuff around the house went by the pool a little bit it's been hot it's like 105 here so uh, just got some tan on went for a swim yeah and then watched social network last night so it was a, well convenient cycle, but yeah was
1: uh, reminiscing on our previous week where we we're in person because that was such a good time so we'll have to do it again soon you miss us i wasn't there that's, um uh, that's <laughs> yeah. yeah. uh all right uh anyone have anything else from the weekend before we happen to chapter summaries I yeah, just nothing. myself i guess oh christian didn't go no, uh, no. Fuck me go ahead
3: uh yeah i just did what tyler did on saturday uh and then uh put a put a clinic on in the kitchen today as well as uh first first costco trip it was very nice some lessons learned uh well second but i didn't buy anything the first time besides a knife set so leveling up Mm -hmm. a bit in the in the kitchen i've been really into meal prepping uh so yeah it was a good good sunday i've got Everything all set for the week feels good. Usually by book club time, I don't have laundry done. I haven't cooked. I haven't even, maybe not even read. Definitely not prepared for the meeting. So now, uh, at least I put trivia together and I have my meals all set. Still not prepared for the meeting (laughs) fully, but. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that box might never get
3: checked. All
1: right. With that, uh, I think we'll transition over to the summaries uh last couple chapters of this book um and then we'll give the ratings uh after we're finished i'm sure i feel like there's going to be some diverse thoughts but we'll see um no i don't think so okay thanks christian (laughs) all right (laughs) chapter 11 of shocks and shells rain muddied the warfield they had reached asato gato at the cost of one thousand four hundred nine casualties on May 8th, they received news that Germany had surrendered. To them, it didn't matter. They struggled, despite their advances. The mud made it difficult for resupply and supporting machinery to aid them. It didn't help that a Japanese machine gun had pinned them down. Heroically, Redifer rescued the supplies, but was reprimanded by Shadow, who was greatly disliked by the company. With that, May 9th approached. Their next assault, the, b- or their next assault, the bombardment, commenced, and the attack on a... Uh, Awaka was largely successful. Despite this, Sledge received terrible news that his dog, Deacon, had passed. The news brought tears to the already devastated Sledge. As the days commenced, the soldiers grew more and more frustrated with the wet terrain. Success did come in the form of mortars. Burgeon successfully targeted a Japanese ravine and killed more than 50. Nobody had to fire a rifle. Once again, despite the minor successes, Sledge was tormented by the nightmares and the thought of dying. On May 13th, the Marines captured uh, the Keshi, and the town was left in rubble. It was a major victory, but the Battle of Wana-Draw awaited. Um, this guy's highlighting uh, things within the document. I don't know if that should be allowed. Um, I wanted to say something. Uh, um, we may, we may. Just ha- reminded Christian may be the only one allowed in this document uh, when the trivia starts. We may have to. Uh, I think yeah, that's completely.
0: you thought I
2: mean,
1: we were cheating? Okay. You think we don't go off the dome every time? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'd get more than one question right if we were. Using Jared, it. you're not. You're not. Yeah. You're not. The, you're. You're not in the document, but I mean, this. I mean, this guy has like highlighted everything in terms of names and dates and what I. The I, I, two names, names I first two
3: names I've highlighted. What are we saying?
1: Oh, that was you. I thought that yeah. was Kevin. Okay, that's my bad, no, Kevin. No, I, no, no. I thought it was I Kevin. Totally did that? Okay. If if it's Sonic. you, it's fine. But
3: yeah, no. I thought it well, was... I was. I was gonna say Redifer and Shadow. It just sounded like a uh MW2 like uh mission. Code names in the yeah. campaign. That's no, like Sonic. It's like Knuckles and Shadow. There you go. That's a good reference. <laughs>
1: uh any thoughts on that initial chapter kind of seemed like we are just you know back in it not much has changed it's the same old story the only big thing outside of the pacific was germany surrendering of course
0: yeah seeing uh germany surrender from two different sides of the world
3: yeah kind of crazy that that happens and they're what sparks world war ii but you just have to continue to fight on versus the japanese there's like two whole separate
0: wars basically going on which is crazy to think about
3: yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know how many different theaters were there. There was Africa. There was
1: Eastern Front, Western Front.
0: takes over I don't know.
3: North Africa, Italy, uh, Greece. Technically, Pacific. Yeah, Greece. Uh, <laughs> did you know that? Did you know the Japanese actually attacked? We're so <laughs> <laughs> Japanese attacked mainland United States with balloons. I learned like that. Exactly the air ones? I don't know that trivia.
1: Yeah, I didn't know that.
3: Was
2: yeah. that? Are those b- the balloons recently over the U.S.? And
3: probably much like that.
1: They they took it straight from the book. All right, chapter twelve of Mud and Maggots. On a, a May fifteenth, they set their sights. I <laughs> wanted. I you guys you guys can't fool me. On May fifteenth, they set their sights on want to draw. The Americans hurled heavy artillery at the ridges, but the Japanese fired back. Unfortunately, Doc Caswell was hit. Sledge ran over and found the man in bad condition. He was stretchered and survived. Sledge and Company K carried on, tasked with sprinting across a dangerous pass. In a group of four, they ran. Two were shot. One died. No rest was given. Sledge and his friend were sent to retrieve a wounded Marine. There they saw many dead marines, the sight was difficult, and added to the deteriorating mentality of those within the marines. Company K was now assigned to Half Moon Ridge. Weather was getting worse, with it the conditions got rougher. The flies multiplied due to the growing number of corpses in every direction Sledge could see dead marines covered and uncovered by tarps. Due to the height advantage on Shuri, the marines were easy targets for Japanese artillery, Sledge described it as fighting in Hell's own cesspool. While bringing supplies, they discovered Stumpy. As very sick, malaria had rendered him useless. Despite his objections, he was evacuated. Even worse, Shadow was left in charge. Their attack continued on Half Moon Ridge, now the focus of Japanese bombardment. With that, the Japanese men looked to make a run for it. It turned into target practice for Company K, who knocked them down frequently. Sledge took the opportunity to talk with Kathy, a man named after a beautiful woman he had an affair with. Suddenly, ten Japanese men charged. They had no chance and were shot down. Shadow was once again pissed. He had ordered a ceasefire. Sledge again acknowledged the horrid sight and the smell of corpses around him. Alright, my question is, Sledge clearly points out his dislike of Shadow and his fondness of Haldane and Stumpy. What leadership qualities do you think were the most important on these islands with these tough conditions?
2: I think Shadow kind of rubbed him the wrong way after last chapter with the Redifer thing. How Redifer like sacrificed his life to kinda of save them and make sure they crossed that pass safely or whatever with the tank. And then he just got reprimanded. So I think I think Sledge is quick to judge on a lot of people. And then if he does have like a good first impression, he ends up creating bonds with those people and likes them more. So maybe he just likes more personal, personable people. Maybe that's the answer. I don't know.
0: I think it's been interesting to see how he's grown throughout the book because, like, he idolized those with the old breed he started, and now he's kind of at that point where he is the old breed at this point in the war. So it's interesting to see, like, I think he finds disdain in people that act like they know what they're doing, like Lieutenant Mac or Lieutenant, in this case, Shadow, who kind of are kind of arrogant about the war in, in almost a sense. And I think that kind of always has helped um, disdain to him. Kind of sees people like not taking the threats of more
3: seriously and the horrific it. Yeah. yeah i think there is a clear difference in how he's been treated from there's almost like a progression from boot camp to like fighting on the front lines where in boot camp everything is to a t uh you have to follow every rule uh incredibly hard and you're punished if if you show the slightest lack of discipline against those rules whereas on the front lines like shit hits the fan and uh you kind of have to improvise in a way uh and i think that sledge just dislikes uh especially in this example where uh you're punished for being a hero uh because you went against uh One of the rules that was set forth um so i think when he he gets angry when seasoned veterans are treated like they're in boot camp
0: Fair.
1: any other thoughts on that chapter before we move on it seems like we're approaching the end here they're making advances but obviously still hellish
0: i thought it was crazy that one scene where they're, they're literally running across an open field and they're just like bullets spraying at them they just like head down and just run and like they look back and two of the guys didn't make it like i thought that was crazy
1: basically had a 50 percent chance yeah sludge is like
2: their family is going to be told they died like honorably trying to defend their country and then in realistic like in all reality they were just running across an open field aimlessly it's kind of sad
0: yeah and and then sludge always talks about like the law of averages
2: yeah
0: basically just a game of luck to see if you get if you make it out alive is just crazy to think about like there's some sometimes there's nothing you could do sure.
1: all right chapter 13 breakthrough the rain continued to slow down advancement the conditions were not ideal for a forward advance as they sat the japanese continued to raid in the night due to this mental conditions were reaching an all-time low People dealt with a lot, and many had reached their breaking point. In addition to mental problems, many suffered from physical sickness. Despite this, morale was constantly upheld from letters back home, including former Company K members who spoke of missing the group, and the fact that people in America didn't understand how rough it was out there. They went about their privileged lives, Sledge continued to struggle, while they went around their privileged lives, sorry, Sledge continued to struggle with sleepless nights and the torment of his eventual death. Another foxhole, men fought over a range card that was uniquely designed, people were breaking, despite this they did secure a small victory of a Japanese counterattack. According to information, the Japanese had largely fled the Shuri Line, which meant they intended to attack it. Right before that, Sledge enjoyed his first good sleep in a while, sleeping on a stretcher which was rudely halted after corpsemen had assumed he was dead. His buddies laughed at the matter. The assault commenced, and they gained several hundred yards. The lines were loosely defended. In a proud moment for Sledge, the Confederate flag was lifted upon Shuri Castle. Despite the gains, they were once again told to dig up on the ridge. While digging, Sledge dug up a dead Japanese soldier, which made him almost puke. Duke came to his rescue and told him to dig in another area. Later that night, Duke presented them the plan for the coming attack. It was departure from normal procedure, but Sledge appreciated it. They're going to take part in a pivotal, pivotal moment in the war. At that retreat, the Japanese had lost nearly 60,000 soldiers. Americans had 5,309 dead and nearly 24K wounded. All right, so uh, kind of an intermediate chapter before we uh, get to the final push here, but um, a proud moment for the Southerner Sledge to see the Confederate flag lifted. Um. Obviously the book written in the famous really, yes.
0: <laughs> some real attack on the census here. Yeah. Uh, that, uh digging up the that Japanese soldier after how many weeks it would have been probably a first round pick. Yeah, that's disgusting. Uh, that was uh, that was gross.
2: I had a Any quote. Things? Go ahead.
0: Sorry, go ahead, Cap.
2: I just had a quote from this chapter when he was uh when there's the foxhole next to him and then he kept seeing the, the dead soldier next to him and he just kept looking him in the eyes every time he'd pop out i thought this quote was this kind of hit me hard i was like yo uh i'm the har." he said that the foot the face was looking at him as if saying i'm the harvest of man's stupidity i'm the fruit of the holocaust i prayed like you to survive but look at me now it is over for us who are dead but you must struggle and will carry the memories for all your life people back home will wonder why you can't forget i thought that was kind of a deep quote and especially the last sentence that people will wonder why you can't forget because from us sitting on this side of it, just reading the book, it's pretty gruesome. So to actually experience that in real life and then have to go back to a place they talked about where it's, you live a privileged life where you're safe, protected, you're able to eat food whenever you want, like go to the bathroom, not have to sit in your own shit quite literally and stuff like that, that we take for granted.
1: Yeah, I think a world World War One opened up a lot of people's mind to the, like the basically PTSD that war causes and the effects it has on soldiers, and I think World War Two was even worse. So it's like, especially for Americans, because I mean, obviously the Americans jumped in World War One super late, but um, so I think I think now we even then they had somewhat an understanding but i think now we really have an understanding of how difficult it is for soldiers to come home and the shit they deal with on a daily basis just from a mental capacity and obviously even saying we know it's still you can't comprehend some of the things uh that they saw and then they have to experience and relive through memories i can't imagine
3: i was gonna say there there is no true understanding unless you live through that as well like i feel like reading a book like this we might be closer in understanding than someone who's completely ignorant to what happened but still you don't necessarily understand like you understand the senses and like the stories that sludge tells but you don't you can't relate to the underlying feelings that he has when those things happen
0: you'll never actually like see with your eyes what he had to see the bonds that he had were broken because of tragedies of war, which is just unfathomable. Um, but I was just going to say, like, this kind of compares to, uh, like, obviously a different kind of context, but Rudolph also had similar
1: experiences kind of
0: integrating back into life. Obviously, he was on a different different side of World War II, of being in concentration camp, obviously. But uh, we see similarities in kind of how they experienced post-life and how it was so difficult for them to integrate back in.
2: Yeah. Something else I found interesting was just how the there were veterans that were writing back to them saying, like, hey, I'm, like, I'm thinking about coming back into the war, which is kind of crazy to think about. And I'm wondering, like, for us, to relate it to us, like, if you leave a sports team and you have, like, a great camaraderie with them, you're like, oh, I, I wish I could go play. Like, for me, I wish I could go back and play college soccer again with, like, all my buddies. So I get it from that perspective. But then I'm wondering how much – stronger that camaraderie and those bonds are when you're literally, like, living or dying with the people next to you and how that plays a role on, like, if that's why they wanted to go back, because they just missed having that sort of relationship because I bet those relationships are probably some of, like, the strongest relationships they've ever had in their lives.
1: I think it's well, even... Go ahead. Go even ahead, I think oh, it's I think it's To answer Kevin's point, I think it's, like, a shared struggle. So, like, they know what they're dealing with like they're sitting at home and they know that the people within their company are suffering because they've had that experience. And I think they feel a guilt, even though they shouldn't towards yeah. the fact that they're sitting at home while the people that they have such close bonds with are battling for their lives. And I think that's the feeling of why they want to go back, if I were to guess, but I don't, you know, once again, not uh, in their shoes.
0: Yeah. piggybacking off that, I would even like almost say that I feel like a lot of them thought that they have, that trouble fitting back in so they don't have they felt like they didn't have a purpose because their companies is the only thing that they remember. Like I remember even Sledge says I think it was this chapter the next one where he's like some of the replacement men never really had that feeling of a company. Whereas like since it was his company and like he'd been with them for two uh two uh rotations basically that that's what all he did and like I think it's a sense like you don't know what to do with yourself and you get back so you just want to go back do something and feel like you're contributing
3: i think also it's like you go it's going back sludge calls it stateside going back stateside would almost be like going to a foreign country after you experience these things like there's nobody there that can relate at all to what you endured in the pacific and i think Probably along with the camaraderie that you experience, you want to go back to a place where people have a mutual understanding of of what happened and what you went through and uh, kind of the mental and physical toll that that
1: takes on you. Good point. Uh, Any other thoughts before chapter 14 hits us? Nope. With that, uh, chapter 14, Beyond Shuri. As they ran through Shuri, they encountered 20 Japanese prisoners of war, who took the opportunity to block the company. They raised a rifle, but the POWs were protected by the Geneva Code, and the officers didn't risk it. The Americans had a tough time understanding the Japanese mindset and their unwillingness to surrender. Despite the mentality, they did surrender their positions on Shuri pretty easily, However, the Americans were shelled by the retreating Japanese. Corporal Lambert was one of the losses and a big loss for Company K. The group continued to move, making advancements. Sledge found an old Japanese woman wounded and called for a corpsman, but she was put out of her misery by a fellow Marine to the shock of Sh- Sledge. Once again, they took upon the ridges. Sledge took the opportunity to clean off his feet for, his first, for the first time in two weeks. It was physically revolting. They were given some t- some relief um as they were tasked with going to the beach for a supply run but the field trip was stopped due to a japanese machine gun pinning them down they sat for hours before the gunman was subdued sledge learned of issues occurring on kunishi ridge japan was mounting a last defense and kunushi ridge was was at the western front to the center yaza dake there the first marines headed with success there they moved to support kunushi ridge It was clear to everyone this was the last line of defense. With that, they headed into the darkness. As they approached the ridge, they were supported with artillery fire. Unfortunately, the rounds were close, causing friendly casualties. In addition, snipers took their turn firing upon the casualties. Sledge took to rescuing those injured Marines. Meanwhile, on the ridge, Sledge recalls a friendly Marine urinating himself and attempting to charge. He pitied the man. He was a good Marine. Uh, with that they rejoined the army units there sledge learned of the death of us 10th commander general buckner company k had suffered significant losses the company now had only 20% of its original force uh <laughs> 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 all right the question is we're approaching uh the end what do you think of these what do you think these final days were like and what does it say that so many broke down at the finish line
0: I mean, I, th- I think what do you say at the end of the book? It was like 80 something days of straight combat at the end of it. So I don't think you, have, it's, it's hard to picture on like the end, if that makes sense, like, without knowing what's going to happen. So when it does eventually happen, you kind of don't know what you do with yourself, I think. Yeah. It's hard to talk about it when I've never experienced anything close to what they have. So it's like, can't even imagine the relief or kind of what it must have felt like.
3: Uh, I think you're just, desensitized to everything at this point and i think the two like stories uh in this chapter the one of the marine shooting the woman who had uh an infection and and she asked for him to to kill her that's one example and then when sledge and his uh fellow uh marine go on the supply run and they're just like pinned down by the japanese and It's almost like they're having a casual conversation while pinned down and in this situation i think at this point you're uh desensitized to the whole thing but at the same time you know the end is so close that you're trying to be super careful uh and get through to the end and survive
2: yeah he was even talking about this like a few chapters ago when we were talking about uh, redda reddiford was that his name reddiford yeah reddiford when He was even talking during then, like, he didn't want to run across when he was throwing the smokes because he's like, I don't want to die now after being, like, making it this far and having a chance to actually survive all this. In the next chapter, he'll talk a lot about the law of averages, but I feel like once you get this far, you're subconsciously thinking to yourself, like, I have a chance of actually surviving this, and I've seen so many of my comrades die. So it's hard to to move forward at the same with the same uh energy you were at the beginning of the mission i guess
3: it's crazy like the bravery still that they showed like Redifer for example and then there was the instance where uh there was the wounded marine like up on a shelf and the japanese had their sights set on him and uh it was sledge and like three other guys and they all were kind of just like looking at each other like who's gonna go get them and i think it was sledge that ultimately volunteered to go up and bring him down uh that has to be such uh terrifying decision when the end is so close
1: yeah any other thoughts on that chapter before we get to the last one
2: it's a really good chapter
1: crazy (laughs) stories all right uh uh chapter 15 end of the agony sledge reflects on the new replacements And the lack of training they received the group made small advancements until the capture of the island on june 21st despite attempts the japanese fought almost to the last man they continued to scatter in the fight and fight at every attempt the marines had enough and were committing war crimes in response it was savage and ruined civilized men after 82 days the island was captured there was no surprise. There was no way to romanticize the cleanup. It was a mop-up, and the veterans weren't excited to undertake it. Salvaging ammo and burying the dead in the cleanup, 8,975 Japanese were killed. Sledge recounts an incident where a best friend shot his fellow Marine by accident. They were losing their focus. With that, they were sent north, On the original group that landed, only 26 remained. In all, casualties totaled 7,613 killed and 31,807 wounded. The Japanese suffered over 100,000 dead and an additional 42,000 civilians. On August 8th, Sledge learned the first atomic bomb was dropped. On August 15th, Japan surrendered. Company K took the news with great relief. Sledge Sledge spent four months in Peking and rotated home. Sledge felt with felt uh, a sense of loss but company K was forever with him the brains had taught him loyalty and brotherhood if a country is good enough to live in it's good enough to fight for and that's how he closes us out um I no overarching thoughts because we'll get to that in the review but any thoughts on the final chapter
0: got a little choked up in the last paragraph
2: yeah the last paragraph I was I'm gonna say too. that was fire a little teary-eyed. That was a great, great salute. Great closing.
0: I,
1: I want 4th so we'll of July to, to come read back it. around. Uh, I can read yeah, it. I can read it. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. You go, Brazil. No, go ahead. You basically All put
0: right. it in. Uh...
2: Until the millennium yeah. arrives and countries cease trying to enslave others, it will be necessary to accept one's responsibilities and to be willing to make sacrifices for one's country, as my comrades did. As the troops used to say, if the country is good enough to live in, it's good enough to fight for. With privilege goes responsibility. That's
1: good. Nice. That's pretty good. Almost Spider-Man level. Well. At the end there.
0: um Yeah. it's a slide uh, kind of puts up. into perspective. With I mean, we're in a unique point in time where there's a current war going on in the world, so it's kind of talks about the tragedies of war, and it kind of allowed me to think about the war that's going on in Ukraine and Russia, and just kind of put it into perspective a little bit of what maybe some of those people in ukraine to be thinking yeah because similarly they were kind of attacked and now are kind of forced to fight for their their country so just kind of put it all into perspective a little bit I really enjoyed this last um, this last chapter
2: the best friends shooting the other best friend and the that dude that's insane to me like i don't i haven't gone through basic training and i don't even own a gun but like i know the first rule of operating using a gun is to never point it at something you don't want to shoot at I guess my grandpa taught me how to shoot a gun but that's that's insane like you fight the war you go that long I'm not how long they were there for they might have been uh reinforcements but still to have to live with that the rest of your life is arguably almost worse than the
3: war yeah just how do you like tell the guy's wife and children if he had wife and children how do you tell his family that that happens.
1: I don't think it, I don't think they do. Yeah. It just killed in action. Unfortunately. I thought it was crazy that they were
0: forced to like go back and bury the bodies after they mm-hmm. had just walked so long. And they mentioned that how upset they were and I just feel like this creep war. Um, given everything that they just surrendered, they could have probably found some, some reserves or someone that could have gone and feel like taken
1: taking care of that so yeah sad all right with that uh the book i have a fun, I so... have a fun okay. fact go ahead for it uh so there pre- was like
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> there's like a japanese holdout after their surrender because the japanese their main virtue is honor and a lot of them didn't want to surrender so this guy Hiro onoda uh, was an Imperial Japanese intelligence officer who fought in World War II and did not surrender at the world's end in August 1945. After the war ended, Anota spent 29 years hiding in the Philippines under his former commander uh, until his former commander traveled from Japan to finally relieve him from duty uh, by order of Emperor-, Emperor Showa in 1974. And the United States used to, like, I don't know if it was the u.s or the japanese government but they used to there were a lot of japanese that held out after their surrender and they used to have to drop leaflets over the island like saying world war Two is over you can stop the guerrilla warfare and this guy and and i think there were three or four three others uh that he was with like killed 30 filipino civilians over the decades uh, and they thought that those leaflets were United States propaganda to get them to stop fighting.
0: Hmm.
3: Just wow.
1: kind of wild. Yeah. Um, great fun fact. Yeah, great fun facts. Thanks. Um, thanks. thanks. All right, I can't really try, try to cut that
0: off.
3: Yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. Oh, I, I didn't even I, I, ask for other thoughts like <laughs> he usually
1: does. Okay, sorry. uh With that. Uh, oh, Actually, <laughs> <more laughs>
0: <there.
1: laughs> With that, we'll transition to, um, our thoughts on the book, um, and where it ranks. So, uh, let's open up that sheets. Uh, anyone want to volunteer to go first? Anyone have thoughts fresh on their mind?
2: I didn't prep, so I'll just go, I'll just go right off the the dome. I'm ready. Go ahead. Um, so we talked about it. I was going to bring it up during the chapter summaries today, but I figured I'd just save it for this. Um, one of my biggest gripes with this book was, at first, I liked the stories a lot, and I, I still thought all of the mini stories we got throughout the, the two separate battles were interesting. However, to me, it did get a little repetitive. Um, it seemed like to be some sort of action they'd have to take. Somebody would either get mad at them or congratulate them, and then we moved on to the next scene, and then it was a similar thing where. And he repeated like the same things over and over, like the smells of the bodies and stuff like that, or the smell of the dead bodies and the harsh living conditions. But at the same time, I did find all of the unique stories very interesting. And although this book didn't have a plot necessarily, besides like the actual war that was going on, I still thought it was very. Um, it still stayed very interesting. It was a fast read because it kept me on my toes, and every time I read a new a new portion, I was like, that's a very, that's a unique event. It's actually cool to learn about and read about. Um, Sledge's style of writing, honestly, was pretty good. I was gonna ask you guys if you, does anybody know if somebody helped him write this or if this is, I'm guessing he had like an author kind of help formulate his thoughts and stuff, but I wasn't sure about
0: that. He was a professor at post War, so I do think he was pretty educated when when it came to writing this. Yeah, um, he
3: credits some people in the
0: acknowledgments. I you think, think that was post, uh, post. I think post death, someone filled in the, that first chapter, the preface, it, uh, preface yeah. or, I think someone that was someone else. Was a letter.
2: Because I mean, um, I honestly enjoyed how it was written. I thought we talked about this too in one of our previous meetings, but the way he uh, foreshadowed things and even like the way he told stories obviously they're first person stories so they're easy for him to tell as opposed to us reading an author that uh, got a group of different diaries and like journal logs and then wrote the story off that so i think that's also different for this book is that we got like a first person view of the war because i didn't read uh the escape artist with you guys was that that was first person right yeah yeah
0: mm, yeah so well, I it
2: was it was not first person it
0: was it was
1: he had an interview with, uh, well, yeah, it
0: yeah, was yeah. his wife, yeah.
1: right? It was his wife. And yeah, the, that was not a memoir. Uh, I, think, I think what Kevin's pointing out is that it was written from someone's point of view. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Instead of it being just like a collection of journals and diaries from, and you didn't. Yeah. So to me overall, I thought this was, it was a nice, different type of nonfiction for me. I know you guys are all nonfiction nerds. And sometimes some of those are hard to read. Like The Great Game was just, it was just brutal. It's a collection of journals. I had no idea what was going on. This was a lot easier for me to follow. Sledge kept it nice and simple, first person. He did a good job storytelling. Uh, I think overall, I'm going to give this a 7 6, I think. I actually enjoyed this a lot. And I thought all the stories kept me on my toes, kept me wanting to read. I was able to learn a lot as opposed to the great game where I just didn't understand the basis knowledge, like the basic knowledge in the first place. So then I wasn't able to, wasn't able to actually learn much besides the basic stuff. So yeah, overall I thought this was a pretty good, interesting, gripping book, fast read, although it was 315 pages. Yeah. Seven, six for me.
1: Anyone want to hop in?
0: I can go. Go. Um, star first of my prose um kind of like kevin said um i thought it was an unbelievable story um, We talked about two different um, battles that are some of the least talked about in world war ii now for granted i didn't know too much about the world war ii in the pacific when we started this book but i feel like i know a lot more especially have the detailed perspective than i did when i start um obviously when you get a first person point of view detail there. It's obviously something that shines in his writing. You can't replicate that detail if it's something that's been told in like an interview really, or from a journal or some type of other third-person uh, resource, I guess. Um, I think this book did its job in kind of highlighting the horrors of war. And I think Sledge's main point in this is that war is obviously a, a horrible thing. And it's kind of like a, almost like a message to humanity that we should strive not to go to war because the tragedies of war are just so bad, and and I think that really got across to me, and it was something that I'll kind of keep with this book, like post reading this book, I should say. And that's probably my favorite part of the book was just kind of putting into perspective how good we have it in this in our life currently, and what these people sacrificed for us to live a life like this. So I thought in that aspect, it really. Did its job well, and then, like Kevin mentioned, Sledge was a, a pretty good writer for kind of all things considered. I thought it was a good job of kind of reeling his points across and kind of getting it, uh, getting everything kind of understandable, I guess, for the most part. Um, I guess I'll go into my cons really quick. I um, thought it was a little bit confusing at some points, not gonna lie. As um, someone who doesn't know much about Pacific or battle or, or tactics. I just found myself confused reading a lot of the pages, just in like the, like when shit started to get going and like it was fast paced. Like I had no idea what was going on for the most part. Like trying to read the maps was pretty confusing. So I wish there would have been a little bit more macro viewpoint of like the war in general, just so I could have better understood it. Now I'm sure I'm a more moron and more on and People who probably listen, know everything about war, would probably, probably think that it's a simple, Thing to understand but for me I just had a hard time kind of understanding what was going on at times which made it a little bit confusing um I wish there was also a little bit more on the post-war they get that he had to kind of wrap it up I would have kind of liked to hear his thoughts maybe how it was like for him integrating post-war since it was kind of a memoir in itself um yeah but overall I thought it was a great story and I think the pros definitely with the cons um, so with that in mind, I was trying to kind of see where I wanted to rank this, and I think I'm going to give it a 7-7. I thought it was a it was a good book and definitely would recommend it to others
2: as well. I'm out for me. I uh, I totally forgot the book ranking system. That I just looked at it, and that's tough. I thought it was a great book, not just a good book, but you can, uh, you can, you can, you can
1: change, change it. it now. No, one, no one's going to judge you. <laughs>
2: Um, in that case, I will change it to an eight dot zero okay also, I also wanted to bring this up because i saw i saw there was a color added to our key of d n f and it is it is over christian Erickson's
0: score for the great game
1: <laughs> yeah we're updating I it. Still haven't finished
3: i also i think I just changed my score for the, oh no, I left it, I left it.
0: You can change it, because I, I, since you were technically not here,
3: you can. I just put in my score for uh, Bury My Heart" and "The Splendid and the Vile." By the way, those are in. It, it takes it takes Christian a
1: while for him to put in scores.
3: <laughs>
1: He'll get it in. Um, uh, I can go. Okay, go ahead.
3: Okay, uh, from standpoint of this book serving its purpose. I think it does a fantastic job of being a firsthand account of mm-hmm. a infantryman slash privates experience in world War ii and i don't think it's something that we get a lot in other places uh so i think eugene b sledge did a great job with that and sharing some of the minute details and things maybe that you would never think of that happen uh during war on the front lines. So I thought that was one of the most incredible parts of this book. Uh, from the standpoint of getting an overview of the war, in the war in the Pacific and learning more about World War II in the Pacific theater, uh, because the book was not meant to serve that purpose, I think there's obviously other authors uh, and other books that probably do a better job in that regard. I thought Sledge's writing was amazing. I think, although he was uh, just a private, uh, we take for granted how educated he really was. He he uh, was going to be a Marine officer, but decided not to because he just wanted to go and fight. And he also, uh, I believe, went and furthered his education after the war. And uh, I find it kind of fascinating how well he's able to recall some of the situations uh, during battle. I don't know if that's a testament to his mind or if that is just what happens when you're exposed to uh, inhuman things uh, such as this. I thought the book grew a little repetitive at times. Uh, You're kind of shocked at first when you read about the landing on Peleliu. And then I think much like the soldiers that went through those experiences, the readers are almost desensitized uh, in a way as well to where things don't seem as surprising as they do uh, when he first landed. Uh, So there was a little bit of repetition. I agree with Jared's point that like some of the military jargon uh, maybe was overused or not so easy to read for the common reader. Uh, that doesn't know of the different divisions, battalions, military tactics, or landscape of Peleliu and Okinawa. Uh, I found myself like almost disassociating when, when Sledge got into uh, those details. Uh, overall, I thought it was a good book. Uh, I thought it was definitely worth reading. Uh, definitely opened my mind up to the horrors of war and what those who have to fight it go through. So with all that being said, uh I have to put it above Cinderella man. I have to put it like above Lost City of the Monkey God. Uh but I think it falls short of Endurance and some of our higher rated books, such as Escape Artists and Red Notice. So I'm gonna take over kevin's previous score and go seven seven, six
1: sick all right um i'm gonna echo for the
0: ringer. what (laughs) not for the ringer oh okay
3: tyler's tyler's assessment of the scores being uh all over the place might end up being wrong but he could change the tides right here oh
1: yeah 10 10.
0: No, um, <laughs>
1: um, I think I'm going to echo a lot of what you guys said. The only things I'll disagree that I found negative about the book. I think he was very inconsistent in the way he added footnotes and broader information. I think sometimes he would, he's like, I want to keep this to my account. And then there would be a broad strategy just included for a page and a half or like broad information um obviously preferably i'd want that throughout the entire book i'm always on the side of more information than less information unless it gets um you know too. i I don't want it to be like i don't want to know every detail of the battle plan but i there are definitely parts that you guys mentioned where like some supporting information definitely would have been helpful to understand what they're going through or if you wanted to take the other way and provide none of that information and just provide his account uh, that would have been a, uh, fine. But, um, I think the other thing I mentioned this to Christian, it felt like he was trying to retroactively write a diary at some parts, Christian, you mentioned that sometimes maybe he had a really good memory and maybe that's true. Um, but you know, it felt like it's sometimes some details are being filled in. You could kind of tell when he was doing that a little bit. Um, I just found that to be true. Uh, positives. Now, those are my only really two negatives. Obviously it's a really fascinating story. Um. In terms of stories, you know, it's, it doesn't get much more, you know, enticing than, uh, someone telling the story of their, um, trials through world war two, obviously that's always going to be an interesting concept and a good premise for a book. So obviously I would have enjoyed sitting down and listening to talk about it. I mean, if he was still alive, you know, if he had recorded podcast or something, like I would have totally gone and listened to that, you know, just cause it felt like an old, yeah, uh, you know, you talk about old people and you love sitting down with old people and hearing their stories. That's how I felt throughout this entire book. Like it just felt like a, an older gentleman telling his life story. And I thought that was very fascinating. Um, obviously it was gripping at parts. He did a good job at writing tension. Um, you know, when he would, you could really tell at the parts of the book where he felt he was in danger and he made that really clear and then he did a really good job at describing the smells and the sights and like all the five senses um throughout the book um, to give you kind of an idea of what it's like to be there even though obviously like we mentioned earlier we can never imagine so with that long-winded thing um i i, I think i'll put it in the good book category with you guys as well it's going to be in the sevens i'm going seven two. Um, I, I think he was too picky with the way he added information and it was slightly bugging me. And I think he was adding too much stuff for me to put it in the high sevens, but, um, you know, I still really enjoyed the book. I I think even though it's the lowest score, obviously, you know, a seven is still classified as a good beat book. So I don't want that context to be lost. So I would recommend this to someone in a heartbeat.
0: All right. Just looking at the Table we got it seems that it slotted in at the four slot and cleanup um, just between Cinderella Man and Endurance. Uh, once again, we will we will get one adjustment up and one adjustment down for books that they should get at the end of the year. So keep that in mind. We have our final rankings for the year. But yeah, I think this is pretty accurate to where it kind of ranks with the books we've read. Uh, maybe the other one, only other one could be maybe Cinderella Man just because there are only three of us that read. Compared before with um, others, but yeah.
3: Okay, welcome back. As part of the meeting, we will uh, we will do some trivia. We're gonna have some fun. Uh, honestly, in my opinion, trivia is—I was gonna say the best, but I forgot about memes. So it's it's the second best activity that we do. Uh, and I think I think the boys are gonna be challenged today. There's gonna be some. Book-specific you trivia <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah,
3: Well, okay. The boys are always challenged. Uh, but, yeah. There's going to be some book-specific trivia. There's going to be some uh, War in the Pacific-related trivia. And, finally, there's going to be just general World War II trivia. Uh, so, go over the basic rules. Five rounds. There's 15 questions. So, three questions per round, one question per person. Uh, There's going to be three standard rounds, one head-to-head round. I've asked everyone to grab a piece of paper and a pen. It's going to be something, uh, a question geared towards a numbered answer, and the closest to that answer wins. Uh, One head-to-head round and one bonus round. Uh, questions in the three standard round and the one head-to-head round are worth one point. I'm just now realizing that I have to keep score, and I don't. I guess I'll have to get that together. Uh, the bonus round questions are worth two points, uh, so there are a total of eighteen possible points on the board. Determine um, order. I'll use the wheel. Uh, whoever it lands on first goes first. No picking spots. That order will remain throughout the entirety of the contest. Uh, for the head-to-head round uh, each contestant will go twice and you'll battle one of the other two contestants so you'll all go head-to-head uh, everyone has the opportunity to steal points on wrong answers uh, stealing order follows the standard pre-established round order no stealing on head-to-head because someone's going to get that point somehow uh, contestant with the most points at the end of five rounds is the winner Uh, tiebreaker will follow the head to head round criteria in a best two out of three format. in case of a three-way tie, a head to head to head format will be used. And I said here in that case, I have four questions on deck for a tiebreaker. That is a blatant lie. I only have one question right now for a tiebreaker. So whoever gets
2: the closest to that one wins.
3: If we actually, yeah, that's, I like that. Okay. There's one question for the tiebreaker. Winner take all. Um Okay. Let's spin the deal.
2: Um I just want to put the pre the lines out there. Oh pre Jesus. Uh Tyler's coming in at minus five hundred, clear favorite. If he doesn't win, it's a disaster. It's a tragedy. I'm not good at trivia. Uh, I don't know. It, got, yeah, if he doesn't win, there's some Yeah, there's something going, going on going on. Uh, Jared, coming in at plus 125, definitely has a chance, but you can win some money on him. He's got some good value. Um, I'm coming in at plus 400 if I win. It's, it's going to be a miracle. going to get number
0: two points, correct?
3: <laughs> number two is Kuchaba, and number three is Jared. I almost spun it again. I think you were frozen for a second. Yeah, frozen.
1: He just started reading them.
3: Well, the wheel is a little... uh. It's, too, uh, it's a little too
2: much for your CPU. Takes
3: up <laughs> takes up too much computing power. For so what's the order? Uh, so <laughs> Tyler, Kevin, Jared. Oh wow! Okay.
1: Well, I get the bat effort. Tyler, let's go. Free points, Kevin. Me, Free me, points. Give
3: Me uh, second. There's like
1: 35 people mentioned in this first category. I don't know. What
0: are the categories?
1: Yeah, what? Where are you <laughs> find this? <laughs> what are you talking about? Didn't you in the picture? Didn't you send categories?
3: Yeah, round one, men of the marines. Book specific okay. questions will provide a I just looked at the screen. I didn't say thirty-five people. Fishy.
1: No fishy. No, I no, I just said I just said there's like thirty-five people Why
0: mentioned. What did you talk about in that bathroom? <laughs> this
3: this this category is like the most layup men of the marines for the oh, <laughs> it's,
0: like,
3: it's like the right. three main people outside of Sludge. Okay, let's just, let's just start this. All right, Tyler, Kevin, Jarrett. Tyler. Question one is for you. This gunnery sergeant was known among company K to have strange bathing techniques, live in a world of his own, relentlessly clean his M1, and was the culprit in a compartment incident where one of the two toilets was unavailable before the landing on Palalu. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. For this? any of these, I'll take purely last name.
1: Can you read the question again?
3: This gunnery sergeant was known among Company K to have strange bathing techniques, live in a world of his own, to relentlessly clean his M1, and was the culprit in a compartment incident where one of two toilets was unavailable before the landing on Palalu. Uh,
1: is this Sergeant Haney? The final answer.
3: That is correct. One point to Tyler.
2: I didn't know his name, to be honest. I knew exactly who it was. I said no know his name. <laughs>
1: I thought it was somebody else. I didn't know it. Should have I been. I had to get it repeated. That was a veteran move because I had no clue for the first thirty seconds. Rule
3: amendment, you're is. going to have you're going to have forty-five seconds to answer the question. Okay. If it th- takes you that long, I mean
2: pack up and go home. Give me my you question. Short give, sweet. give me five it's seconds. No <laughs>
1: Yeah. All right, Jared's I odds didn't. have got to move since he's behind Kevin. Like, his odds have got to Fuck come down to, like, mean? minus 150. What does that mean? <laughs> I mean, I stole a lot of points from him. <laughs> I know.
2: I know.
3: <laughs> All right. Yeah, uh, Kevin, put your money where your mouth is. Question two. If this commander was killed by a sniper bullet while surveying the ridge at Omer brogall Pocket on Palalu. Tell me that's not Later much easier. Later at Pavuvu, please be quiet if it's not your question. Yeah. Curious why a lieutenant had thrown away a thick book in obvious anger. Sledge picked up his copy of Men at War by Ernest Hemingway. Akak. I'll take that. That's correct.
2: Because I don't know his actual name.
3: Uh, Captain Andrew Allison Akak Haldane. Told you. I
0: mean, always just see it, and Haney confused because
3: they both ended up H. I also had them confused the whole book. All right, Jared. This this one doesn't get more difficult. Uh, oh, same kind of layup question here. Starting the boys off easy. I I say that I hope you get this right now. No pressure. This individual was Sledge's foxhole buddy and fellow mortar man. Once blamed Sledge for not pulling the firing pin on a mortar, but was ultimately proved wrong. That it was in fact a dud. Yeah, I think I know this.
0: I think it's snafu. Correct. Game of Sig, man.
3: Everyone gets points. Uh, like, yeah, they're going. hard, All right. no, I
0: think that, I think that was a fair, fair three. Probably, I would not on any
3: other one else besides those three. So I, 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 I was one. like going through, and I was like, these are the only three people that are really talked about. Sledge kind of just breezes over other characters. Uh, besides Mac, Mac and could maybe have been Shadow, Sha- Mac is easy too. Shadow maybe a little bit more difficult.
2: To be completely um, honest, if you gave me Jared or Tyler's question, I'd pro- I probably wouldn't have gotten it. So I'm glad I'm sitting at number two.
3: I'm protesting. Okay, I, these these the sledgehammer ones uh, are a little tougher. I think we get progressively harder. Um. Okay. What? Round two. Questions based on Sledgehammer and his experiences. Uh all right, this goes to Tyler. Question one. E.B. Sledge enlisted in the new officer program and ultimately failed out at what higher education institution?
1: Georgia Tech University. Yellow jackets.
3: Correct. Correct. Uh may have me. Okay. I give me one second. I need to switch. Tyler's question. Next round.
0: I gotta protest this.
1: There's gotta be a challenge flag on this. No, I mean, this is fair. Is it? Is it is, is it? is it? Is oh, it? Okay, I know what it is then. Oh, I think that's fair. If I if if it's the question you've already given me before in real life, then oh, there's no way you know this. There's no way you know what
3: the question is. Okay, moving on. Question two, Kevin. <laughs> It's
0: all over the how place. many? How many points? Like <laughs> running over that field, just because bullets are flying. How many <laughs> points
3: did Sledge fall below the distinction of expert rifleman in his marksmanship qualification test?
2: Jesus Christ!
3: This is what you get for getting hack hack before.
2: Can I get? Can I give you a uh, range
3: of? Uh no. It has to be exact.
2: Well, let's do, some, let's do some thinking here. It's obviously, he was just below it, so it's got to be a single digit number. Um, I think the obvious answer is one.
3: False. We now go to Jared for an opportunity to steal the question.
2: What comes I'm after gonna, one? I have
0: any any idea? So I'm going to uh, go three. <laughs> Incorrect. Tyler his he's last I guess two. Um <laughs> uh, I'll guess
1: I'll guess uh I'll guess six. Incorrect, it was two points. Uh the way he left oh, it was two. <laughs> it was two
0: points. <laughs> the <laughs> I way he in, nerd. in the bag. God damn it. <laughs> I had no clue. Alright. I, no <laughs> no I had no
3: idea. <laughs> no points there. Uh
0: people probably screamed at their at their, at their phone <laughs> like these
1: idiots. I don't know. That's that's a random statistic. Uh, uh, shut up! Stop! Stop! You got the easy I, questions those far. As,
0: shut
3: up! I, <laughs> yeah, bitch. I doubt that. All right. Uh, this one is for uh, Jared. After Okinawa. Sledge and the First mm-hmm. Marine Division were dispatched to what country for occupation duty?
0: New New Caledonia. Final Incorrect.
1: Answer. Are you asking country or place? What country? Oh, China. Final answer. Correct. Okay.
0: Oh, I, I thought you meant pa- oh, packing. I misunderstood it. I misunderstood. I I thought it was after the Lulu. That's my bad
3: no no country well okay well after round two uh I was, Kevin, was coming that's on me
0: if tyler wins by one i gave him that answer
3: leads three to one to one okay next set of questions are going to be war in the pacific based All right, this one goes to Tyler first. (laughs) This is going to be incredibly difficult since he switched them. (laughs) Uh, I noticed that uh, I'm going to explain my decision here. I thought your first two questions. I didn't really tweak the order to make it more difficult for one single person, and I thought your first two questions were more difficult than the others, even though you've stolen, what, two or one now? Anyways. He's not that good. Tyler. Based on the first year they were produced, which name was given to one of Japan's most highly effective fighter planes, and I believe the name was even mentioned in the book.
1: Well, I mean, I hope it was mentioned. Uh, I mean,
3: this is not book specific.
1: Yeah, clearly, I, I, I'm not a warplane guy. Uh, what's the question again? Uh, I'm just gonna throw. You it knew
3: in. you knew what a Corsair was. You. would corrected someone and said it was uh... <laughs> I don't know why I'm jumping in here answer the question
1: <laughs> read the question
3: again, repeat based on, <laughs> based on the year they were produced to which name was given to one of Japan's most highly effective fighter planes I don't have the timer going actually because I haven't needed it so far 1941 false wait Did you not ask for the name of it? It is the name of the plane. Okay. Kevin, you're up to steal. This is going to be a wild answer. (laughs) Don't
2: say kamikaze. Please don't. That's what I was going (laughs) to say. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Um. Bomber
3: 101. (laughs) That is false. Jared. Since you said a date t- that it was student.
0: produced, I'm just going to guess it has to be a date before the war started. So to produce it, I'm going to go 1935. False. It, w-
3: it was not like a date. So the plane was produced in 1940, and they called the plane zeros. That was
2: close. I had a zero in my answer.
3: <laughs> I was going to say Kevin was actually the closest. I don't even remember what you said bomber 101
2: <laughs>
3: okay, this yeah, is a good guess uh okay question two for Kevin name the u.S Navy battleship that was sunk during the attack on Pearl Harbor which ultimately became the memorial memorial in Honolulu to mark the resting place of the 1102 sailors and Marines that were killed on the ship during the bombing
2: all right. going to use some keywords here. I heard si- ship and sunk, but I know it's not the Titanic. Possible um, uh, I'm going to go uh, the invisible boat mobile.
0: That <laughs> <Man laughs> is false.
2: All right. Jared. i um, Okay. Now, I know it's a state
0: name. I'm almost positive. I'm, I am shouldn't say positive. I'm. I
3: have a hench. That's, that's good context. USS Arizona. Final answer. Final answer. Can you can you repeat? Uh, Tyler was speaking.
0: The USS Arizona. Final answer.
3: That is correct. Yeah, good, good job. That is correct. Okay. Good job. Eric, right, back to you. That was my go, second answer. To go back to back. On the tip of your tongue.
0: Still the home
3: of a U.S. military base. Which place was the site of the last major battle of World War Two?
0: Okinawa.
3: Correct. Uh, I thought I, I actually knew that one. I thought I would throw someone off with that one. Okay. Heading into the head-to-head <laughs> round, I, I, it is. I was
1: asked to name the name of a fucking fighter Japanese fighter plane.
0: <laughs>
3: okay. Well, the score is <laughs> even right now. So stop complaining. Tyler, Tyler, you do the same thing. What are you talking about? When you when you were uh, yeah, you do. You said you make the questions so that one person has a difficult question in one round, and the others have moderate. The, handic- the, the The sirens are going off. That's all I'm saying. Even if you're handicapped, it's still Tyler three, Heaven one. I gave you Sharon a point.
2: What do you mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> Even if you're. <laughs>
3: uh... <laughs>
2: Are you
0: talking about gone? me? Suspicious. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh no! It's talking about Tyler, it's like a golf handicap.
0: It's suspicious. Oh. Um.
3: Okay. Round four. Uh. Head to head. This. These are going to be the matchups. It's going to be Tyler versus Kevin. And it will be Tyler versus J- Jared. Then it will be Jared versus Kevin. So. Tyler versus Kevin uh i'll give you both 30 seconds for this round is this book specific it. what what is this round uh no it's world war ii specific frazzly you
2: know the question you don't know the question you don't got another category <laughs> let's run it
3: <laughs> all right <laughs> question one also, some of these figures have like different sources. It's just what I put down as the answer. So you're not gonna you're not gonna know you're not gonna know the exact number. So you know what? One of them one of them is like solid number that everyone would agree with. The rest of them can be debated one way or another. A lot of World War II statistics have ranges. Um, it's like whoever okay. gets closer. Yes, yep. whoever gets closer. Got it. Question one. The Soviet Union led in total deaths during World War II. Give me the Soviet Union's total deaths. Is that is that military or is that civilian? Total. Total. Military, civilian.
0: Jesus. Um, hey, there's there seven a quote from
3: the book that you could use.
2: 7 billion people in the world.
3: Oh, I didn't start the timer. Shit.
1: I think this is the number I'm going Five. with.
2: Well, is, this, is this over World War II in totality?
1: Yes, yes. Oh, Jesus. This is the number I'm going with. This is the number I'm going with. I don't like it. All right. Are you
3: both ready? Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. okay. I always get Three, clowned on these. Two. One. Show your answers. I got 18 million. I got what is one, Kevin?
2: I got 150 million. <laughs>
3: 18 million. Okay. Tyler has 18 million. Kevin has 115 million. Can I
0: steal
3: this? Um, There's no way. Ty-
0: it's
3: like 000. Tyler wins. It actually is
1: 25 million That Fuck off, Jerry. You're an idiot. How about that? What? Damn. <laughs> you gave me confident there. 25 million. There's ranges,
3: but either way you swing it, Tyler would have won that. Wait. What would you change it to? <laughs> I fifteen. I can focus it.
2: It says fifteen
3: million now. Oh, okay. Tyler still wins. <laughs> Damn. <Definitely>. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, this one is Tyler versus Jared. Uh, right. Question two. Battle of the Atlantic was the longest continuous military campaign during World War II. Give me the number of days that this battle lasted.
1: Battle or, of the Atlantic. Hmm. I may want to
3: change head, that, but you have fifteen seconds. Right.
2: You know, sometimes you go through all the right preparation okay, the field, and
3: okay, both contestants are ready. Let's show it in three, two, one. Yeah,
1: one thousand three hundred
3: eighty-four. Jared has two fifty. Tyler has one thousand three hundred eighty-four. Tyler is the winner the battle lasted 2074 days it was from september 3rd 1939 Damn. to may 8th, 45. <laughs> so almost the entire duration of world war ii
1: yeah i i, I, I the problem i ran into i was thinking us i should have gone higher but obviously that includes all right you won okay yeah
2: not, sh- shut up i'm happy with my points Jared forgot to add a zero. I forgot to subtract a zero. We're still in this.
3: This is good yet. I don't know. Next question. All right. All right. Kevin uh, versus Jared. Um, Question three. I don't know if this is inflation adjusted or not inflation adjusted, but give me the U.S. total defense spend from 1940
2: to 1945 i'm just gonna use the same answer i used last time i'm gonna
1: guess i'm gonna guess the figure is not inflated
3: i don't know i got it from st louis fed so it's a it's a reputable source
0: cost of the war
3: uh the u.s total defense spend I didn't start a timer, so just went in. Mean, yeah,
1: I, I think I, have for the competition's sake, I need Kevin to win.
0: All
2: right, I'm ready.
1: Come on, Kevin. Okay,
3: three, two, one, show. Five, Five
0: billion. billion.
3: Jared has 5 billion. Kevin, what is that? 800 million. Uh-oh. 800 million. Uh Jared wins. The answer is 5 trillion dollars. Mm-hmm. I think
1: that's inflation oh. adjusted. Look at that figure.
2: It has to be. <laughs> uh
1: yeah. I don't know. Cuz our cur- our current like budget is like what? Like couple trillion?
3: 100. I mean, we if you look at the figure like we outspent what we currently spend.
1: No. I don't world okay. Crazy. I
0: really
3: know. Okay. Actually, really close here for two of the contestants.
0: <laughs> what does that mean?
3: Kevin is way behind. I mean, it could still possibly make, come back here. I told you I was there's,
2: trying to score two points, and I'm halfway there.
3: Six points remaining. Are these uh, doubled? Tyler, Tyler leads with five points. Yes, these are doubled. Oh. Tyler leads with five points. Jared the recorder. close second with four points. And Kevin behinds but not completely out of it, with one point. Kevin, you would need to take all six points, just so you know. I believe in you, Kev. Actually, Kevin, you could
0: take four points and tie it up. Uh, I take the other point, and then we go to overtime for all of
1: us these these (laughs) should we throw it
3: questions these questions are not that easy these are world war ii uh uh question number one this goes to tyler tyler what was the code name of the allied landings in the normandy region of france popularly known as d-day the code name
0: Damn it.
1: This is a big blank for me right now.
3: I'm losing people right now. Okay, you're all back.
1: Oh, God. I'm blanking on this. I, I think
0: yours is internet is uh I'm,
1: I'm going to hear the answer. It's going to piss me off. Um...
0: Yeah.
2: Makes you feel better. I don't know it either,
3: Squirt.
0: Also, got it. It's a shot of the
1: dog.
3: 15 15 seconds.
1: Operation Overlord, final answer.
3: Incorrect. Kevin, your chance to steal. This would be big. Can you repeat the question? I think if I hear it again. Uh, Yeah, I will repeat the question. What was the code name of the Allied landings in the Normandy region of France, popularly known as D Day? What was the code name for D Day?
2: Operation Bald Eagle.
3: Incorrect. It's a cool name, man. Jared, your chance to steal. Yeah, I was thinking steal. something
0: wrong with a bird name because of Operation Sparrow and in, uh, in, uh, Prisoners of the Castle. So I'm also going to guess a bird name. Let's go okay. Operation uh, Hawkeye.
3: Correct. Not Marble. Correct. <laughs> The correct answer was Operation Neptune.
0: Done. Um, it was a cool name. I yeah. not think of a cool name. I
3: guess the points. If there's one person that this is good for, it yeah. actually is Kevin. Kevin. You know, no, I could have cool, got, cool got cool that points, right. You could. You I could have won those well, points. You, well, you could. The, the next best thing was for nobody else to get it.
1: I think. I think Jared's in the driver's seat. I think. I think...
3: No, it's it's.
2: You're assuming
1: okay. I know the answer. It
0: is. Yeah, but it technically, it
1: gets
2: my question and his question also. Yeah.
0: That is assuming true. I know them, actually.
1: <laughs> okay.
3: Or assuming I get my
2: um, wrong. Uh,
1: I'm throwing question... a if One of these questions is easier. I'm, I'm 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 beating. I'm going over there beating them up.
3: Question two for Kevin: Which U.S. president won the Navy and Marine Corps Medal? for his heroism during World War II.
2: Well, the issue is I don't know the president before the one I'm about to say, so. But it definitely wasn't this one, it was the one before. Maybe, Uh, I'll just say Truman. Incorrect.
0: Jared. FDR, final answer.
1: Incorrect. Okay, so it has to I be a it. president from the 50s or 60s. I'm thinking either like Lyndon B. No, actually, it'd probably be the 60s. Nixon, final answer.
3: Incorrect. John Nixon. F.
1: Kennedy. Oh, John F. Kennedy. Oh, John F. Kennedy. Well, because he, he won it, so then he would have to wait to be president because he'd be like in his young 20s. Listen,
3: I don't know exactly what he's right, Gotcha. I thought it was Eisenhower when I saw this question. Because he served as a general. Is this Jared for the win? So we all got it wrong. Uh,
2: uh, in the question. Yes.
3: yes. Jared for the win. Jared for the win. Before becoming directly involved in World War II, United States provided military aid to friendly countries through what program?
0: Sorry, I should know this. I don't so that's a shame Tyler knows it. Smoking, smoke smiling in my face now i um i'm gonna say the red cross i know it's wrong but i don't know
3: either but yeah so the red cross <laughs> incorrect
1: go with the land lease
3: act correct that's two for tyler and well, Tyler takes it us provided the Vegas wins game. Vegas wins and they uh
0: one day them. we'll get on Kevin one day
3: oh let's so hear what's huge hear huge <laughs> huge, so huge surprise on the leaderboard here uh Tyler uh seven points takes the victory and uh following uh was closer than the scoreboard suggests but he ended with four points
0: I get, I get Tyler free, free point. I do that. The China one.
3: Kevin, although he claims (laughs) that he was studying, uh, comes in last place. (laughs) Well, with um, one
2: point. I have a statement. We go. I uh, like the Iowa football team. I uh. I decided to start betting the under on my points. Okay. You threw it and for then, purpose,
0: yep. And put we'll it front of that. Yep, and then hitting the under.
2: Okay. So once I got the first question right, I knew I couldn't get any of them right the rest of the time, which is why my answers were so bad in the uh
3: It was just this it was a smoke screen for betting. Exactly.
2: Mind. Yeah, I, that's why I put eight fifteen hundred and fifty million for the deaths and then only eight hundred million for the I couldn't. I couldn't win any more points, knowing that I had a, a large sum of money, responsible amount of money on uh, myself to score under one and a half. So, um,
3: for Thank fun, do we all do we all want to participate in the head to head to head tiebreaker question? Yeah, why not?
0: Winner takes all. Because if Kevin yeah. gets us, he gets over two. Then yes, yes, <laughs> <what> we say <laughs> yay yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Uh, if you if you get it spot
3: on. You get double the points. How oh, about the two points? No, no. If You get a shot on your win. Yeah. So you're
0: still the mask, Kevin.
2: <laughs> okay. It's insulting. Uh,
3: standings, standings are final. This is this is just for fun, and for Kevin to potentially hit his over.
2: Christian saw me yeah. laying on the battlefield after getting hit by some fragments, and he just left me. It
0: was like uh, Scott Sterling, where you just keep getting getting pounded, but.
2: Back, threw me a bandage kit. All right. Go. I knew you.
3: I knew you wouldn't be worth much for the rest of the uh the battle. Okay. Okay. Uh, the question is, what was give me in month month date date year 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 form? Uh, what date did Germany invade?
0: Oh,
3: did we lose them? <laughs> I don't even know what dates World War II Can't was lose, in. you guys did anyone hear the question?
0: No We, we didn't hear the date, or the, what much we need the date. Well, uh, you're frozen.
3: Okay. are we we're back? We're back. We're back, baby. Yeah' you're back you guys you're right. hear the Do you guys hear the question?
0: No, no, no.
3: okay. In month, month, day, day, year, 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 year form, what day did Germany invade Polands, the act that triggered World War II?
0: Yeah, I, I, I. Does know this. I, just I don't want to be this
2: the guy. President. But I don't even know when the starting date of like the year of World War Two. So I don't know
0: directly either, but I know the range. I don't. I think I may be right.
1: My
2: answer sounds pretty good, though, when I say it to myself.
1: I think I'm right. Can we go one by one? I want to see Kevin's answer first.
2: Well, oh, so you can change yours? You know it's going to probably... No, be yeah. I
1: wouldn't change
3: it. Then we can change. Okay, nobody changed. This is just for fun. We'll do, we'll, do,
1: we'll
3: do a uh, contestant order. So, Tyler.
1: No, first. well, September 1st, 1939.
3: I'm not going to say whether it's right or not. Uh, Kevin. At May 3rd,
0: 1941. Okay. <laughs> What's <laughs> All 15, 1939.
3: Okay. Well Tyler hit it on the head with September first, nineteen thirty nine. I've read I've read a book about it as that Kevin, uh, you you bordered Pearl Harbor territory <laughs> with that answer.
1: I I can't, don't I, don't I listen to a, him Kev. Kev, that was not a so, bad answer. It was not terrible. No it, it wasn't was a bad answer. The fact that See, I was off don't, don't let him clown you.
3: That made me I feel mean, good. If, if you're an American, you you would think 1941. So completely fair. Uh,
0: the, I am an American.
3: Interestingly, Battle of the Atlantic. So I get double points. Two thousand seventy four days. It started
1: two oh, days no. after. He's frozen again. We keep losing this
3: guy. Again, I. F- Why is it my Wi-Fi? You live in the same apartment as I do. <laughs> It's probably your computer can't handle.
1: Yeah, it. I also have like Wi-Fi oh, five attend, antennas on the back of my PC, so that helps.
3: Talk slowly. Okay, I closed. I closed all my tabs. Uh, that ends trivia. Tyler,
2: great job, I- man! I'm
1: excited for the next book. That's what I'm really excited for. I, I thanks for letting me participate in trivia, guys. That's really cool. Yeah. you're
3: done. <laughs> Keep having to reinforce Tyler. I'm fucking the first Marines.
1: I mean, are we going to rotate trivia hosts now? Or is it?
2: I don't mind. We can do trivia, trivia next
1: time, then.
2: Yeah, if you want me to, if you want me could... to write it, it might be popcorn. <laughs> it's hard. It might be a uh, layup for everybody, but it could be fun.
3: I mean, it depends on the book here. Yeah. Maybe it's a topic yeah. that none of us really know that well.
2: Maybe it's about uh, David Beckham's soccer career.
3: Then you'd be golden.
2: (laughs) Then you would know. All right. Well, Jared, kind of take it away. I need to see.
0: Welcome back. We are a disaster. Um, It is technology 50, 20 pages zero. We just can't figure it out over here. Um, All right. I'm going to present our next book. It should be sharing on the screen. If not, blame him. For some reason, he refuses to share it um, with all of us, so we can follow along together. All right, first slide. Now going to the second slide. My main problem was that there's always too many good books when I try to pick. I was in between like five different ones, and I wasn't sure which one I wanted to pick. Memoir, Cold War, potentially. I wanted to explore a different. <laughs> I why we're laughing?
2: Eric's on this side of the camera.
0: Just keep going. Alright, there's too many good ones. I, it was, I wanted to explore a different era, something that we hadn't looked at yet. And yeah, so third slide. Um, you can play it for yourself if you want to play it for first ten seconds. We're gonna get DMCA. Um, we, we don't want to get copyrighted, so we won't play it then. Fourth slide, book reveal. Shoot back. We will be reading Shoot back. Rocket Man. Rocket Men, um, the daring odyssey of Apollo 8 and astronauts who made the man's first journey to the moon. Uh, Really interested in space travel in general um, and really wanted to explore this time period, um, kind of Vietnam War, not Vietnam War time, very tumultuous time in the United States. I will quickly read the, the synopsis. In early 1968, the Apollo program was on shaky footing President Kennedy's end of the decade deadline to put a man on the moon was in jeopardy. The Soviets were threatening to pull ahead in the space race. By August, 1968, with its back against the wall, NASA decided to scrap its usual methodical approach and shoot for the heavens. which was four months to prepare a fraction of the normal time, the agency would send the first men to the history of the moon, first men in history to the moon. In a year of historic violence and discord, the Tet Offensive, the assassinations of MLK and RFK in the Chicago DNC rides, the Apollo 8 mission was the boldest test of what America could do. With They focus on astronauts Frank Borman, Jim Lovell, and Bill Anders, and their wives and children. This is a vivid, gripping, and you are there narrative that shows a new, the epic danger involved, and the singular bravery it took for a man to leave Earth for the first time and arrive at a new world. So, um, here are some really good things about this book and i've been kind of waiting to read it to go to the last slide um, it had very strong reviews on both amazon and goodreads which um, really prompted me to want to read it along with my fascination of space um, i'm hoping for a positive, for, for really promising things um, So, an interesting thing about this book is that person actually had an interview and sat down with each of the three astronauts and this so there should be some good detail um from everyone involved so excited
2: excited it's our first fantasy book
1: (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) he's already started i think uh buzz aldrin was actually my childhood like hero like when you do those reports in elementary school so and Christian's for again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Christian's mid. Ever seen the, have you ever seen the video of Buzz Aldrin punching the denier in the face? We had to save that one for the no. main competition. Not for anyone in particular, but just to throw it in there.
3: Hey guys, I'm back. I missed the book reveal. <laughs> I, uh, We're reading I a book about space. I had to go to the next slide. No, no I, I heard the whole synopsis. Okay, gotcha. uh, I'm confused because uh, it's not Aldrin and Armstrong. Yeah. I don't know. So about. Apollo 13 is That's, the
0: first that... people to walk on the moon. Apollo 8 was the first to get to the
3: So they just orbited, like orbited? the moon, I'm assuming?
0: That's for us to read and find out.
3: guess so.
1: I wish I could see Christian's face right now.
2: So I still don't. So it's just... Not fantasy, then? Science fiction or something? <laughs>
0: yes, This no. is, uh, this is uh, science fiction. Is it? No, it's not
1: science
3: fiction.
1: <laughs> Non-fiction. Some um, argue. Yes, some people may have their, their apprehensions. But... Kevin's entire shtick during this entire book is going to be denying the moon landing. <laughs>
2: So excited about the moon landing and I'm probably going to bring it up a few times.
1: All right. I I think so, I'm, yeah. we're all excited. I think that's, a, this is a good topic. I don't think, I think, uh, I think I'm excited to read it. Any book with a 4.5 we good reads, probably going to end up in the eights for us. So
0: thought we were a little born torn out, maybe a little bit more, um, uh, positive vibes, even though there were still soon some, some, uh, Interesting stuff happening in this time period, but yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to have that.
1: a. I'd like to have a book where we can actually do a meme competition in peace. We should be able to do one for this. <laughs> yeah,
3: I thought. I thought at first like these guys all died, and then Jared said that uh, the author interviewed them and their families, so should be more lighthearted than I initially expected.
0: I I heard it um, through some of the reviews I read. It reads like a thriller, so at parts, so. Maybe
1: uh, it gets pretty intense. We'll see. I'm nice. excited. excited.
3: So, Why is every book described as gripping? Somebody tell me that. Do you want it it to not, not be it? gripping? It just it pulls you in. It sucks you in. Also, what is a New York Times bestseller? Because
0: every single book is a New York Times
3: bestseller. Yeah. Uh, so we need the 20 pages best. What, what what happens? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually.
1: actually. <laughs> Alright, so what happens is the publishing company buys the copies, so it gets the oh, New York I Times best-selling list. Christian, why don't you turn on your face cam and I'm face just, the music? I'm, not, I'm sorry. <laughs> Go, ahead.
3: Go ahead. I'm actually interested to hear how this works. No, fuck off. I'm done. No, please. Done. Oh, please. I will come over there and beg on my knees. I would love that. And the book,
2: book club has been alive for four months and it's about to come to an end. <laughs>
1: Wait till he sees, but he's gonna put me in a chokehold, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna like it.
0: And you're gonna like it. All oh, right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Getting out of hand. Let me, uh, we have to cut that one. Let me close off this meeting. I
2: already uh, ordered the book, so.
0: All right. There we go. Well, on that note, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I thought we had a great episode, and yeah, uh, we'll be back. In a few weeks forward to digging in with that uh make sure to follow along on instagram and on our discord for the updated memes post links whatever um, and we'll see you guys next uh see you guys next meeting thank you guys so much uh peace
1: out apologize peace.